Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Excuse me? You mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Guys, we've had a great race in Shanghai, the Chinese Grand Prix, and it was actually very unpredictable and very excited. Kunal, I was glued to the TV. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that's also the reason why we are actually a day earlier. We actually got into the studio a day, a full day earlier because we were so excited. And plus, it's a doubleheader weekend for us. So, so much Formula One action. So, Kunal, the last time we spoke about the Chinese Grand Prix, you know, you had some very cheeky things to say about Chinese products. <laughs> so, what are your views now? <laughs> I will, I mean, I wish I could just eat my words up, but that's only about the Chinese products that we're talking about. So, we had an incredible race and I think I'm going to just go on and on with thanking a lot of people. So thank you, Mercedes. Thank you, Lewis Hamilton. Thank you, Max Verstappen. Thank you, Ricciardo. Thank you, even Rain, because there were just so many elements that all came together. In fact, thank you, China. And thank you, Shanghai as well. <laughs> because apparently the local police cooperated with the FIA to ensure road closures all the way from the circuit to the hospital in case the medical helicopter couldn't operate. Isn't that awesome? That is really awesome. Kunal, you forgot to say thank you, Ferrari, and thank you, Sebastian Vettel, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know, thank you, Lance Stroll, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, if you're done with your thank yous, I'm going to start with the podcast. We have a lot to discuss this week, like every single week. Yes, and in this week's episode, we'll do a quick look back to the Chinese Grand Prix, which was absolutely incredible, like I've said before as well. And then, like always, we have our funny side of Formula One that we'll bring. And there's more to this section than just jokes on McLaren Honda. I'm going to start by saying congratulations to Lewis Hamilton. It was his first win of the season, so he was absolutely overjoyed. He also got pole, he took the race win, of course, and he got the fastest lap. So basically, it was his third Grand Slam. <laughs> Only his third Grand Slam, huh, Kunal? That's a little strange. For somebody <laughs> as talented as Lewis Hamilton, I think 53 or 56 wins and only his third Grand Slam. But it wasn't as simple as he made it look. Uh, yeah, and you know, it actually wasn't. And uh, while there was a lack of wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing for the first place, there was enough strategy that was playing out for everyone, specifically Hamilton and Vettel. And the big question on strategy to me is, did Ferrari forget a key strategic input called team orders? And <laughs> let's remember, Ferraris have been masters at team orders and maybe had they used team orders in, uh, in China, you know, probably Vettel would have been closer to Hamilton, probably he would have been ahead of Hamilton and, and it's just good speculation. We would have had a very pissed off Kimi Raikkonen though. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on record to say I'm not in favor of team orders, but just 
putting the question out there i'm actually very glad that ferrari let their drivers race especially because it's fairly early on in the season you know too early to take a stance we've seen mercedes do it last season and we were so pleased with them for letting the drivers race oh, yes. red bull racing let the drivers race today too and i am so happy because that was quite the spectacle <laughs> Since we are talking of overtaking, there were actually some very fantastic battles and few overtakes, and I'm actually happy with that equation. You know, that whole quality over quantity talk. And like we said on the video that we did for first post as well, drivers were actually being made to work hard to overtake. It wasn't the flick of the DRS wing switch. Actually, so we had Vettel, Verstappen, Grosjean, Perez, a lot of drivers making moves up and down the order. But when we talk about overtaking, it has to be Max Verstappen, and my God, Kunal, what a crazy, insane, mad opening lap! <laughs> <laughs> He came nine places on the first lap. Yeah, you know, this whole race reminded me of the races that were held back in the two thousands. And talking of Max Verstappen's charge, his charge was all about pace and talent, and not entirely on strategy. And It's it's unlike what we've seen in the previous seasons. That's it. It's exactly what we've seen Max Verstappen do last season. <laughs> you know, when he was starting P16, I was sure that this was going to be his golden moment to shine yet again and his chance to win the driver of the day yet again. <laughs> <laughs> and he did all of that. You know, absolutely blew us away with his talent. And actually, he needs to follow the tradition he set in 2015 and 2016, basically finishing the season with the maximum number of overtakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, a good recipe for a good race is to keep Max Verstappen at the back of the grid. Anyway, the Dutch fans are literally going to tune out, but I was just kidding about that. <laughs> and uh, talking of the driver of the day, I think there were a few more drivers who probably deserved it as much. Sebastian Vettel, obviously, he would be my choice for the driver of the day. And uh, I'll tell you also why. So Max Verstappen actually robbed us of the opportunity of a Vettel versus a Verstappen fight when he went deep at that final chicken. I was so looking forward to that battle. That's a pity, but I am sure Kunal, we're going to see a lot of those battles in the races to come this season. Yeah, it'll be like Vettel versus Baby Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> Super looking forward to it. By the way, uh, Sebastian Vettel's position at the start. That was that was a little cheeky to say the least, <laughs> and I'm actually very glad he did not get a penalty for that. Yeah. Maybe if this was still last season, he would have had like some 30 place grid penalty <laughs> next race or something. Vettel was actually very cheeky, and all these cheeky things he does, you know, reminds me of the great Michael Schumacher. And uh, to be honest, I expect the FIA to put out a clarification on being in the grid box literally tomorrow, like. Uh, you know the drivers are keeping the governing body uh, busy even between the races. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Sebastian Vettel is thinking outside the box. You know. <laughs> anyway, we're very glad that a Mercedes win only adds more interest to the sport, which is what our interest is too, actually. So we now have two teams going head to head this season, and the good news is they both seem evenly matched. Yeah, I mean, if I had to take a pick in qualifying, I'd pick a Mercedes car, and in race, I'd pick the Ferrari. Nikki Lauda said something quite interesting. So he said that his heart is with Ferrari. He Ouch. actually said that. He actually <laughs> said that, and he said that he and Toto Wolff had bet euros, ten euros, on Vettel clinching pole. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're such misers <laughs> very <laughs> miserly <laughs> but i i think they're going to get into some sort of trouble yeah like <laughs> no no given their stature in mercedes nobody's going to touch them it was all in good banter i'm sure so at this moment we have hamilton versus vettel obviously in the mix but unfortunately kunal there is no finnish driver in that mix so i'm talking about kimi raikkonen of course and valtteri bottas i think the excitement will only be greater when all four of these drivers are fighting for for podium finishes for victories and for the championship and that's what the teams are expecting that's what the fans are expecting as well and let's really hope that the fins pick up pace in fact i'd say six drivers because i'm also counting the two from red bull racing <laughs> we've seen max verstappen you know do wonders today and i'm sure daniel ricciardo is going to be back next race with as much uh, excitement yeah so we had three different teams finish in the top 3 today and that's brilliant and uh, we've also had two drivers tied for first place in the drivers championship and i cannot believe when that last happened i'm sure there'll be some uh, people who'll put this statistic out on twitter and when they <laughs> do we'll we'll probably quote them as well and uh, the biggest surprise is that max verstappen is in third place and not the number 2 drivers from ferrari and mercedes and uh, frankly i think the constructors championship will be won by the team with the faster fin and uh, they'll be competing with each other because i don't think they are going to end up competing with their number 1 drivers or their teammates at least for the next few races i don't really get that confidence in them yet kunal that's a really really interesting point and i think all of us are going to be looking out for these finish drivers you know how much i love kimi raikkonen so i really <laughs> hope he steps up <laughs> valtteri bottas has only two more races to prove to mercedes and prove to all of us actually that he deserves that goddamn cockpit they said that they'd make their assessments four races into the season Yeah and I think China is probably going to be very embarrassing or was embarrassing for Valtteri so he had a spin and then he had a recovery spin behind the safety car now that's a little too too much of an ouch moment and uh, he was also off the podium his teammate ended up winning so a lot to digest for Valtteri poor Valtteri <laughs> what's even worse is that he got called uh, Nico, Nico on the radio <laughs> to add to his trauma from the weekend i wish i could actually ask lauda though would nico rosberg have done as well or as badly <laughs> as valtteri bottas <laughs> So I read a few comments on Facebook and a few fans actually said that Rosberg would have probably been leading the race. Wow. <laughs> Some pretty die-hard Nico Rosberg fans out there. <laughs> I'm sure they'll get trolled pretty soon. <laughs> As for the other Finn Kimi Raikkonen, I know he's your favorite but I think Kimi Raikkonen needs his on-track form to be as good as his on-radio form and uh, Uh, although the although i could possibly question ferrari's strategy for kimi raikkonen today but eventually even kimi needs to pick up his pace actually a lot of people are questioning ferrari's strategy because they brought in vettel during the virtual safety car period which compromised his race yeah and he actually lost out during the safety car so yes there's a virtual safety car where there's a safety car period but it's there's no car on track and then there is a safety car period which is which which has the safety car on track and i know formula 1 is confusing but that's not about it so uh, to me what was crucial is that ferrari were showing that they were trying different things to get vettel in a better position and it worked in australia and it did not work in china but the most crucial part is that they were trying 
another team that tried very well and did very well today Toro Rosso they're actually fourth now in the constructors championship crucially they're ahead of Force India and Williams I think that's pretty awesome that's very good news for them Carlos Sainz had a really good race Kunal you must be celebrating where is the party <laughs> <laughs> Frankly I was very very worried when you know Carlos took the massive gamble at the start so he started on super softs while every other driver was on intermediates and while he lost out majorly at the start look where he finished in the end he had a fantastic race I actually loved his on track battle with Fernando Alonso Alonso was very cheeky though and <laughs> Kunal we know how much Carlos Sainz loves and respects Alonso yeah, and so I, that gives that battle a different dimension <laughs> and I think Red Bull are going to be in the problem of plenty so Carlos Sainz who's doing so well and there's of course two seats in Red Bull which already have a Ricciardo and a Verstappen so let's see how that three way battle pans out and uh, talking of force india again a mixed bag i would say so because although they had a double points finish they lost out to toro rosso sergio perez so he's done two races this season he's had two points finishes which is great but he's also had two reprimands <laughs> ouch <laughs> kunal if he continues at this rate he will have a race ban by mid season <laughs> bigger ouch <laughs> force india will then go and sell the pink cockpit to a female racer at some point that'll be cool but uh, perez's uh, reprimand today was because he did not make it in time for the national anthem ceremony 14 minutes before the start of the race now that's formula 1 style accuracy <laughs> daniel uh, ricciardo didn't either by the way <laughs> <laughs> and williams must be upset as well both cars started in the top 10 but both cars finished outside of the points The midfield battle has also gotten more interesting because today Haas scored some good points. And this was actually coming through from Kevin Magnussen, not the Haas car we'd expect to be scoring <laughs> points. <laughs> But at the same time Kevin got pulled up for being too slow behind the safety car. So even on the day when he's scoring points and bringing glory to the team, he's still getting scolded for being too slow. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I think he's now going to end up getting used to being fast and it was a good race for him a good result and let's remember we've of course been taking his case on the podcast for being slow and for being Kevin Magnussen but let's remember he needs to just build some confidence after all that he's been through in the last few season as for Haas they're just going to be very pleased that both cars can score points which is very crucial in the constructors championship for the midfield teams and let's remember they value the constructors championship far more than the drivers championship and obviously so interesting in kunal finally mclaren honda they had a double dnf today oops i think the most exciting part of their entire race was fernando alonso's radio messages <laughs> <laughs> i actually love the one in qualifying where he said that he drove like an animal <laughs> i like the one where in the race uh, uh you know the mclaren pit wall went and told him that signs is fastest on track and uh, alonso replied saying he, but i'm fastest around the corners <laughs> <laughs> what a star <laughs> but but i can already predict that 2017 is going to be about alonso and his self praising comments and clearly it's now evident that he's sending a message out there saying i am still in the prime of my form Hire me Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> like I was telling you it's basically his way of saying guys it's not me it's the car. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly though if Lewis Hamilton has his way and Kunal he clearly does have his way in a Mercedes 
Alonso is not going to get into that Mercedes cockpit anytime soon, or for that matter, ever, for as long <laughs> as Lewis Hamilton is there. Yeah, I think Hamilton uh, just released another statement post-China about maintaining balance in Mercedes. And of course, anyone would be worried if an Alonso you know, came calling and ended up being your teammate. That leaves me to wonder where Fernando Alonso can go then, you know, if Mercedes is out of the question. Mark Gallagher suggested Williams too. <laughs> so that Williams is a very interesting point because if he can drive the wheels off a slow uh, McLaren, I can't imagine how well he'll do in a Williams. But I don't know if a Williams can really bring him a driver's championship. I really doubt that. And as for Ferrari, never say never because... You know, Alonso's actually still been praising them all these seasons, even after leaving them. <laughs> he's labelled them as favourites for 2017. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's already cozying up to the powers in Ferrari for a possible reunion. I don't know. Very interesting. Though I don't know about a reunion because Kimi Raikkonen has already indicated that he wants to stay beyond 2017. And news that just came in when we entered our studio is that Ferrari have summoned Raikkonen to discuss his form factor and they'll be thinking okay guys so now we've sorted the car out for 2017 let's go sort out the driver and uh, I'm very keen to know how this goes will a wrap on the knuckles make <laughs> Kimi go faster in Bahrain it depends on whether Kimi wants to be sorted out you know <laughs> knowing Kimi <laughs> we're going to talk about Red Bull Racing Kunal and they made the most of their half chance the mixed weather conditions served them very well. They beat a Ferrari and a Mercedes. Oh yes, absolutely. And uh, Red Bull would be seeing China as a very good race. And more so in terms of not losing too many points in the Constructors' Championship. Let's remember, they, they are also hoping to be quicker in the following races, probably when the European leg of Formula 1 starts. And their target till then would be to lose as little ground to the top as possible. I also think that Red Bull Racing has the best driver pairing on the grid. The most evenly matched driver pairing too. I hope that they can sort out their car, you know, just to be fair to the amazing talented drivers that they have. Yeah, and uh, another worrying stat would be that uh, Verstappen, which was a leading uh, Red Bull, finished 45 seconds behind the race leader Hamilton. And in Australia, they were 30 seconds off. And uh, talking of that, the gap between teams is still massive. So there's still a lot of work to do for Formula 1 management. I mean, we've had a very good race. But let's remember, uh, you know, optimum Formula 1 formula is still a little far away. And uh, races such as China have, of course, even shown that irrespective of all the technology that the teams would deploy, nothing makes Formula 1 more fun than a little bit of water. <laughs> or a lot of water. <laughs> I just remembered Bernie Ecclestone's artificial sprinklers idea. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not for it. <laughs> just remembered it. Thank God. We'd actually be ending up having a debate right now. Yes. And uh, also on Red Bull Racing, they have thanked McLaren for vetoing their interest in Honda engines last season. Can you imagine two top teams getting knocked out by Honda? And imagine not getting to see Max Verstappen doing what he does because of <laughs> Honda. <laughs> Honda would have single-handedly caused the downfall of Formula 1. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's also some numeric chat so uh, about how fast the Formula 1 cars have been in 2017. One of the numbers said roughly 7 seconds faster than 2015. 
and the cars will actually go quicker as the season progresses and the teams bring updates like about 2 tenths every race <laughs> yeah that's that's the estimated pace that you know teams would end up going quicker as the season progresses but let me put it this way i don't think speed was ever a problem in formula 1 of course it's great to see cars going quicker so going faster is not necessarily improving or going to improve the show and uh, the one learning that china of course showed and it's too early to pass this as a judgment was that cars could st- that cars could still follow each other closely and that to me is a very good sign for the season kural in other news it seems that bernie ecclestone wants to buy interlagos and it's if that actually happens he will be on the other side of the negotiating tables <laughs> and this is why he's still chairman emeritus of formula 1 it just seems like a crazy web of conflict of interest <laughs> i'm guessing he's just doing this to play with the new boys running the sport you know and let's remember interlagos is crucial to formula 1 Brazil is a key market and uh, Ecclestone also vetoed a race in Vietnam causing a potential loss of some 375 million dollars over 10 years of course and uh, that's at least what i read one of the reasons he gave for that was that there's no history there but also look what happens in china we got a full house for our race do <laughs> that's also what happens when you organize a race in the most populated country in the world <laughs> so i don't think it's all credit to formula 1 <laughs> but i think bernie ecclestone should totally go ahead and buy a circuit and i'd love to see how the master negotiator will then negotiate with the new owners of the sport and that'll be like some commercial fun after some sporting fun that's been delivered in 2017 and in fact the circuit of the americas guys have made an inst- have made an interesting suggestion so they've said that formula 1 should own a few circuits and by that logic they'll get to keep the profits of course it'll come at a massive capital expenditure and uh, interesting views we'll probably pursue this at some other episode uh, in the season yeah 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 Kural, here is a bit of news that I'm pretty bummed about. The Malaysian Grand Prix will be no more. 2017 will be their last race. They've dropped Formula One due to a drop in earnings, and I'm very sad because this was the circuit where I saw my first ever Grand Prix live. Oops, like that's like an emotional departure. Very for you, sad. <laughs> I remember I was actually supposed to go racing in Malaysia, but I ran out of sponsorship money and I couldn't end up going. So I don't have that emotional connect yet. But I did do a lot of laps on the simulator, and uh, frankly, I think uh, the Singapore Grand Prix has played a larger role in. getting malaysia off the track and that's because uh, why would you not as a fan want to spend pretty much the same money and go and see formula 1 racing under the lights the silver lining in all of this is that the malaysian grand prix will be replaced by a german grand prix whether it's hockenheim or nurburgring i'm not sure <laughs> that's actually going to be a tough choice and i really don't want them to alternate like they've done in the previous seasons i just say we should have both of those circuits more the merrier <laughs> <laughs> okay so excitingly enough our first double header weekend is here christian horner has compared this to a wwe gimmick <laughs> <laughs> but yes bahrain to look forward to in like like no time it's going to be a twilight race what should we expect i think it's going to be status quo ferrari versus mercedes and let's not get bored of that battle because we're going to have 17 more races so I'm literally going to look up to a fan in anger if they say I'm bored of the Ferrari versus Mercedes battle and uh, there's not going to be much to choose between them in Bahrain as well although from what I've read 
Uh, Ferrari should be stronger in Bahrain because the circuit suits them. But that's what we'll get to see. And uh, Red Bull Racing, they're going to be a second off. And then you know the rest, how it flows. <laughs> Good, our predictions. My prediction is that we will have Friday practice in Bahrain for a change. We did not have them in China. And frankly, look at how it worked out. We did not have any practice. We still had all the drivers who had to perform, perform on Saturday. And the drivers who would have struggled, struggle on Saturday. And look at the brilliant race we had. So maybe Formula One is going to learn from, ba uh, from China to realize that Friday practice is just not needed. And uh, this has been, you know, the, the racing format has been uh, discussed and is being mulled by the powers out there. And let's see what they come up with. So I asked you for predictions about the race, not predictions about the racing format. <laughs> but anyway, since you've not asked me, I'm going to offer you my predictions myself. Although I am a big Kimi Raikkonen fan, I don't think I have much confidence left in him. Oops. Rather, I'll frame it like this, that I'm happy that Ferrari has more confidence in him than I do <laughs> at this point. So I'm going to go with Vettel, Hamilton and maybe Bottas, unless Max Verstappen pulls something crazy out of the bag. <laughs> Though secretly, I am just hoping to see Daniel Ricciardo on the podium because Kunal, I really want to see his new party trick. <laughs> <laughs> As for my predictions, I will go with a Vettel, Hamilton and a Raikkonen. And I don't think podiums are going to be that easy yet for Valtteri Bottas. Kunal, there's no champagne on the podium in Bahrain. <laughs> I am not sure Kimi Raikkonen is going to be motivated to make the it there. The good old Bahrain podium joke which we had to crack. As we bring an end to yet another episode, we really hope you're having fun with us because for a change, Formula One is fun as well. And we will now see you post Bahrain. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and on Audio Boom for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Bye-bye. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Pip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.